0: Like,
1: it's just the best news that we've had in our celebrity sphere for so long, you know?
2: I'm as happy as Ben was when he left Jennifer Lopez's house this morning, you know? Oh, Did yeah. you see that photo?
3: Hi, I'm Madison Malone-Kercher. And I'm Rachel Hampton, and you're listening to I See Why Am I. In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture. And on today's show, we are going to have none other than Who Weekly's Bobby Finger and Lindsey Weber talking to us about Bennifer... The sequel. But first... <laughs> that's right. hmm Yep. Yep. I got it. Yep. The bee drama has indeed been incredible. All over TikTok. The girls are fighting. And the girls are the beekeepers? The girls are apiarists. In case you have somehow managed to miss this little bit of drama flying across your TL or your FYP, TikTok's favorite beekeeper might be a fraud, a phony, a Trump supporter.
4: (laughs) Uh, Erica Thompson on TikTok goes by at Texas Bee Works. Um, and honestly, pretty good chance you've you've seen some of her stuff. She's, you know, had magazine and newspaper profiles and has over 6 million followers. You mm-hmm.
2: might even say the Texas native is the queen bee of TikTok. She's racked up 60 million views for her humane bee removal practices. And look, Ma, no special. <laughs> food, no gloves. She
3: time. does this like ASMR bee rescuing adventure. I, I don't think you can have managed to be on TikTok and not have seen these videos before. As soon as I put the queen in the
4: hive, the bees began to go right in. I still had some bees on my hand who weren't leaving because they could still smell their queen on me. So I shook them off so they could find her. Within minutes, the entire colony was rushing to get back into their new hive. You can see how fast they were moving and how the queen was covered in bees. I waited for all the bees to get into their hive, and it was another great day of saving the bees in my pajamas.
3: But apparently these videos are staged, which I'm going to be honest, we're watching her scoop bees into her hands. I don't really know how one stages this, but somebody on TikTok, and by somebody I mean another well-trained beekeeping professional is saying it's all fake. The person behind LA Honeybee Rescue, which, you know, by the name is clearly another well-trained professional, is saying Erica Thompson is doing this all wrong. She's setting a very dangerous precedent. She's not wearing any kind of power gear. She's not wearing, you know, uh, thick
4: pants or gaiters or, you know, work boots. She looks really pretty doing it, and that's because it's faked. And I hate to say that because y'all are going to say I'm coming for her, but it's not like the reason I keep my hair short is so bees don't get caught in it. If bees get caught
0: in your hair, they sting.
4: The thought I always have when I see um, Erica Thompson's TikToks is like, she's very calm. There's a real sort of serene beauty to them. I, I like appreciate being put in a position where I have to think like, Hey, these scary things that I'm afraid of also like are kind of cool and gorgeous. And like, what, a, what an excellent, like, bee advocacy position you're taking. But then I think, are all the other beekeepers who wear, like, the full-on, you know, suits? Like, are they just chicken shit? No. That's, there's probably a reason. Perhaps.
3: Yeah. No. Yeah. There are full reasons for those, you know, outfits. It's a look. It's a vibe. It's funny, watching this, I feel the same sort
4: of energy that I and a lot of other people get during the Olympics, which is, you know, the two weeks of the year where you're like, I know everything (laughs) about high diving. Like, you're suddenly an expert (laughs) in a niche thing that you knew nothing about a month ago. That's me in beekeeping right now.
3: Tune in next week where Madison will tell us how to save the bees in a way that won't get canceled. When Madison's very
4: stung. (laughs)
3: Well, that's all the time we have for B-drama because today's show is uh, a crossover special. Don't fucking do it, Madison. <laughs> because? Anyway, one of the internet's biggest stories in the past few weeks has been the reunion of one of the early aughts most iconic celebrity couples. That's right. We are talking about Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck reuniting and giving us Benifer 2.0 3.0 I don't know actually. We what what I do know is that they're ushering in a kind of renaissance of 2003, a simpler time that we all clearly needed to return to. And by we all, I really mean we all because none other than Diddy also posted a throwback photo with J-Lo confirming not only that she's still the nude lip legend we all knew she was, but that we all just want to get in on the Benefer action.
4: <laughs> uh, here at ICYMI, we recognize the the impact of Benefer on the culture, uh, but neither of us can truly claim expertise on early aughts. Celebrity. But to help us properly contextualize the reemergence of Benefer in this new era, this new, very online era of social media gossip and anonymous Instagram posts, and, you know, who needs paparazzi when everybody has a phone, uh, we tapped two of our favorite experts, the hosts of Who Weekly, Bobby Finger and Lindsay Weber, to join us in our fake studio and help us make sense of Benefer
3: 3.0. 17.0.
4: After the break, we'll be back with Bobby and Lindsay to talk about the celebrity couple that
3: is all the buzz. Again? Again?
1: (laughs) Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night.
4: We are back with two delightful uh, guests, Bobby and Lindsay of Who Weekly. Welcome. Hello, Crunch Crunch. Hi, Crunch Crunch. Thanks for having us. We're so glad you're here to discuss the topic of not just our generation at this point, several generations, I think. I think it's fair to say. (laughs) Several. At least three. (laughs) We are talking about Benifer, the return of Ben and j lo and everything old is new again. We're so happy. I'm so happy even just yeah. you
1: saying it, I I'm thinking about it, then it's making me so happy. I've yet to be abs- like it's just the best news that we've had in our celebrity sphere for so long, you know.
2: I'm as happy as Ben was when he left Jennifer Lopez's house this morning, you know. Did you <laughs> yeah. see that photo? That was
3: Such actually the first photo. thing we were going to ask. is Have oh. you seen the smirking big picture? Kidding? I love the that smirk, you brought that it's up. That's
2: so wonderful. Oh.
1: <laughs> oh, so
4: great.
3: Do you
1: have
4: a Ben like Google Alert?
1: No, because, well, technically, Benafer isn't really our purview, like in the main feed of our podcast. Like, it's really funny because it's like the whos are her job, but the thems are like our hobby. So it's like, mm-hmm. it almost feels like, it almost feels we're off the cl- when we that we're off the clock when we talk about effort. Yeah. It does make it even more joyful that it doesn't feel part of our purview, which is mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that until now.
2: Yeah, like if Rita, <laughs> like when Rita Ora started taking dating Taika Waititi, it was like exciting, but it was also like got to do some work, got to do some research. Which again, mm. like we're very lucky to have jobs where our research is looking up like gossip about Rita Ora and Taika Waititi, but. <laughs> Bennifer is just like this like pure moment. It's this pure moment we can just be the audience and it's a lot of fun.
3: Can you kind of tell us the difference between a who versus a them? Sure, Uh, who
1: is like, who is that person? It's like somebody you would see on a tabloid in the airport and be like, oh my God, who is that even? Like I don't even like, not like I don't recognize, like I just really have never heard of this person and the Addison Mm -hmm. Rae or sorts. Um, types of celebrity and a them is like, Oh, I know them. Oh, I've heard of them. Oh, whatever. And yes, this obviously differs across generations across, you know, where you're from or whatever, but we're really trying to, br- this is kind of the who them question of it all.
4: This dichotomy naturally being the, uh, the core of the, the who weekly podcast, the uh, crux. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Rachel and I must fully disclose that we perhaps hypothetically missed Benifer round one
3: <laughs> were you born <laughs> give give or yes. take okay okay yeah. okay okay just please yes fully born I will please say when I heard Benifer is back I was like which which Jennifer are we talking about is it oh. J-Lo is it Aniston is it Gar-? then Madison was like Garner and I was like Oh, there's so many Jennifer's. So fully missed the first wave of Benefers. So when it all came back and everyone was so happy, I was like, I want to get in on this. Why does everyone care so much?
2: Do you find yourself like, is it working though? Like having missed yeah. like Bennifer 1.0, it's working? Good, yeah, it's infectious.
1: You're right, like I guess when they were, there's a very specific age of person now who was at the very specific perfect age to be like, obsessed with and very much a part of tabloid culture at the time to like really ingest the be excited about the the Benifer 1.0 you know so maybe Gen Z or whatever is less enthused but I would say that even if they weren't aware of the first time the J-Lo J-Lo is still as famous than ever if not more so than she was then and, Lo. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> she literally is our president and, and Ben Affleck I think also stays in the press, stays in the press, you know, mm-hmm. maybe he's not, maybe they're not as aware of goodwill hunting as we are and like that whole thing, but
3: <laughs> that guy, I think he, I think he definitely still hits all generations. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The fame is astronomical, but I guess I'm curious, could you kind of recount for, you know, our younger listeners and perhaps <sighs> me, the round one celebrity kind of media experience that was like Benefer 1.0?
2: Bobby, go for it. Yeah, well, the two of them were a little before our time in that we were maybe 10 when they were having their big come-up because Ben had been acting for a long time before Goodwill Hunting kind of, like, shot him up and he won his Oscar with his best friend. And (laughs) Jennifer Lopez had been sort of on the come-up since... Because she was a... She was a dancer first, obviously, so she Mm -hmm. was on television, she was dancing, but like her big come up came like Anaconda and like Selena time in the mid 90s. So like she was coming up in the late 90s. Ben was like kind of already there, but still going up in the late 90s. And then when they crossed paths in the early 2000s, it was like, oh, these are two of just like the most famous actors in Hollywood getting together and this was also when she was becoming a music superstar too so it was like Mm -hmm. we weren't quite sure if the music was gonna last but she was still famous enough that like oh two big a-listers are together and their names make a great portmanteau
1: also a beautiful i think that i think that people loved about them where you know she was jenny from the block and she was from the bronx and he was from boston and they were both these kind of like hometown heroes coming Mm. together and they both kind of had these like great like hometown hero origin and they just they really kind of like fit in this really sweet way and they also were very Maybe I think to the to the detriment of their relationship, which they probably said in retrospect a bunch of times before they got back together separately in interviews, they they talked to the media, they did mm-hmm. interviews. They, they were lovey-dovey. There's that famous Diane Sawyer interview that we love to reference where she reaches out to him for comments. She's interviewing JLo and she reaches out to Ben for comment. And of course, at the end of the interview, she's like, just in time for this interview, I got an email back from Ben. And it's like the sweetest, <laughs> nicest email about Jen. Just like,
0: here's what he wrote. I consider myself to be the luckiest man alive for reasons which should be plainly self-evident after hearing Jen speak for a minute, much less an entire hour.
3: This is pulling me in already. Yeah. It was just a, I
1: sweet. think we were like rooting for them, but I also think that the machine of it all really did break them up. So the, the irony of us all being so into it was what ruined it in that way. I mean, obviously like, her stardom would go astronomical from there. Like she was only getting more famous, and he had some like substance abuse issues, so he had to go through like that. And you know, and now later, two two kids later, one marriage each of them for each of them, many many uh, fiancés for her, but whatever. Later, they can now come together like mature. And I think as first of all, as a nostalgic thing, obviously millennials are obsessed, but also we're all now mature, and I think we can also say like it'd be so beautiful to reunite with that high school fling or whatever and like all of a sudden you're both mature adults and like wow is it gonna work you know
2: yeah and i think the fact that it's happening in the on like the tail end of at least like america's battle with the pandemic Mm -hmm. like so many people in the united states are vaccinated now like there's a very easy parallel to make between like going back to normal and i know like there's a whole conversation to be had about normal but like that feels so normal, it feels so dated that it's like, oh wow, maybe things are making a turn. And like, even though that's absolutely wrong and not the case, there is something like conceptually and thematically very comforting about like these two people returning to a better time and maybe mm. doing it better <laughs> the second time around, you know? Like, there are so many weird metaphors to make with this relationship that I feel like people are applying, at least I'm applying, that only make it more interesting, you know?
3: Yeah, yeah, That's true. Yeah. You mentioned Lindsay, the kind of machinery driving them apart. And I'm curious as to how much you think, like the gossip blogs. I'm thinking kind of like Laney and Perez kind of fit into that machinery and then how you kind of see that pl- their place currently, like in twenty twenty one versus two thousand and three.
1: I mean, I think back then it was kind of the beginning or at least like the the very beginning of online tabloid journalism in terms of the blogs. Like I because they really hit their stride when I was in college. So this was before that and things were were happening. More people had more access, more cell phone cam, more cameras on cell phones, more, you know, just kind of like everything in your face and just overwhelming amounts of attention on something like this, um, and more just outlets for the pictures to go. And that was maybe new for everyone, that was new for them, it was new for, for us as consumers, and now we're more used to it maybe, I don't know, like I can't say it's better, it's probably worse, it's probably gotten worse, but at least, they know what to expect, you know? And at least, like, maybe there's a world in which they can have a little fun with it versus just being terrified. And maybe he's coming to just more of an acceptance of that in his life. And maybe they found new ways to control the narrative that maybe they didn't have before. Maybe that's how it works, you know, Mm. like Mm. more places to be private, more money, so that more more big houses to be private in, they're richer, they can (laughs) get more done with more money. I don't know, there's lots of factors, I think. Why do you think
3: that everyone kind of lost their minds again in 2021 over this kind of like specific couple?
1: I mean, it is, I can't imagine a more, we're, we're inundated with with C and D listers, I can't imagine a more A-list pairing, <laughs> like, mm. everyone's on the same page with knowing who they are and what this kind of quote-unquote means uh it feels, you know, there's no one you you could send this to who wasn't like, whoa, you know? Mm -hmm. Even somebody who maybe doesn't care about celebrities that much would still be like, oh, interesting, like crazy, you know? Mm.
2: It was nostalgia, but it was also like the very recent history of Jennifer Lopez's like relationship drama. Her on-again, off-again stuff with A-Rod was like sort of like in in turn funny, but then also kind of sad because there were allegations of cheating and then there were like the weird things where they were like, where she got mad that people purported that they broke up remember and she made that TikTok that was very defensive that was like how dare you like love wins or whatever where it was like you're out of your mind jennifer lopez like this is (laughs) wild like she's so she's just one of those famous people that is so famous and so successful and so like in this weird bubble that like she's completely unrelatable and so to have this completely unrelatable person who was who had just broken up with this guy who again we never knew the details for sure but like probably cheated on her like that's sort of what it seemed like and she was like i've had enough of this to go back to this person who may be like the only other man on the planet who like apart from mark anthony but like who like is an option at this point she's so famous that like how could she, she can't just get with an anna de Armas equivalent in a way like ben affleck mm. ben affleck can like be seen dated dating some like not normal girl but like B-list person, up-and-coming person. Jennifer Lopez, mm-hmm. like, needs someone way up there, someone she has history with.
4: How do you guys feel, because round one of this was 2002, so, like, the pace of the internet was much, much slower to non-existent. I'm curious how, like, the rate of digestion of relationship content in Benefit 3.0 works a little differently, I imagine, <laughs> now that we're all online and getting TMZ push alerts. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's crazy, but it also just feels interesting because it's like photos of celebrities have been so devalued because everybody has can take a photo of a celebrity and also celebrities can post their own photos now. So it's like, why, why would anyone buy my photo of Pink if Pink is posting photos of herself on Instagram that like a tabloid can use for free, essentially? So I think... Celebrities have kind of grabbed back the kind of narrative of access where it's like you don't you used to need access and that was the power and you still do. And now they're like, we're just not going to give you access like best of luck to you, you know, and that I think is very different. But these photos almost felt like I mean, they're worth like a million dollars. All of a sudden we had this like r- this renaissance of kind of we need to see more photos of these two together and i think that is increasingly rare in terms of like the the tabloid landscape so Mm -hmm. i don't know it it feels very different it also feels like everything is just so fast that Mm -hmm. we're getting a photo a day here you know and the and we just got to keep up
2: (laughs) it's just like it felt like a throwback like and also like in the conversations especially with uh, Britney Spears, and um, I know there was that whole thing with Kate Middleton too. It almost feels like we've outgrown the need for those sorts of invasive paparazzi photos. But again, like Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, they feel like this exception. Like there's there's that person on our shoulder being like, you shouldn't be okay with this. We're invading their privacy. But then I'm also like, but I want them to fall in love, and I want and I want to see them happy together. Like it's mm-hmm. it's creating this this fight within myself, you know, because it does feel so weird.
1: I do feel like a less famous couple, though, would have already posted a photo of themselves together on Instagram, kind of like beat the press in a way. And I don't. Mm -hmm. But I feel like these two are somehow dragging out the fact that it's like, will they won't they even though they clearly will. And they have. (laughs) And like that's kind of a funny thing. And maybe that's because they're retro, maybe because they're thinking about the last time they did this. And like a modern kind of more online couple probably would have already tried to beat the paparazzi at their game by just putting everything out there, you know?
4: Right. I mean, Ben Affleck doesn't even, like, have no. social media.
2: He has his private one. And J-Lo one. has a...
1: No, right. right. What's it called? Like, good good bill fronting. What's it called? Like, positive it's called,
2: vibes? It's <laughs> called, like, positive Posit- vibes bill or something. It's, yeah, it's, it's good while hunting, but, like, other words for each of those words. Yeah, it's, like... it's. <laughs> It's really funny, but like, but, remember, corny. but, but like you were saying, <laughs> yeah. Lindsay, remember how Ana de Armas and Ben Affleck announced their relationship on Instagram with a yeah. photo on Anna's Instagram that he yeah. took, you yeah. know, when she was like, a selfie. picture emoji, colon Ben or whatever. Like it mm-hmm. was, it was like she gave him credit for taking the photo of her on the beach. They haven't done that yet.
1: Yeah, and I wonder, I actually do wonder why, because she does obviously have a huge team of social people that she probably works with, but Mm. I maybe there's something holding holding them back. He doesn't use it. She she barely wants to use it, so it's a little (laughs) different than him dating this, like, younger, more modern, you know, starlet or whatever.
3: How much do you think their kind of reluctance to, I guess, publicly acknowledge it has to do with the kind of built in hype that they're creating around themselves? Like the less kind of official photos come through with like their actual channels, the more it's like, are they going to announce it now? Is it going to happen now? Like, let me look at this paparazzi photo to see how close they are.
2: (sighs) I think it's a lot of it. Ben is clearly, like, Ben has established himself, especially since, like, being single and dating the nanny after breaking up with Jennifer Garner, like, sort of, like, a bit of a bumbling idiot. And so, but Jennifer Lopez is the most, like, calculated, like, put-together type-A celebrity we have, one of them. And so I think that they're being very, because of Jennifer, like, they're being very deliberate about what they reveal, when they reveal it. Like, even though we're seeing these paparazzi photos, like, of them in the car together, of them on the tarmac together, I do believe that they are capable of not being photographed if they didn't want to be photographed.
3: There's this kind of interesting, like Ben and Jennifer feel kind of like the last traces of like celebrity monoculture in a way. Like I feel like y'all's show kind of really gets at the fact that there are so many different pockets of celebrity now because of the internet, but mm-hmm. Ben and Jennifer still command that level of just attention. Like they're really kind of like the last big stars where like Mm -hmm. Addison Rae maybe has a bigger reach than any of them (laughs) collectively on a social media platform. But like, Mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck who Addison Rae is dating, Mm -hmm. but like, I don't, and I didn't care about Bennett for 1.0, but seeing them together in 3.0, I'm like, this is important. This is important.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Like, I, I don't know if I can think like just off the top of my head, I don't know of any of many couples from that, like early again, like right before the internet really made everything get fragmented what what it was like Bennifer it was
1: well Gwyneth and Brad at that point for briefly that was before well, a while ago but when Gwyneth and Brad Pitt dated that was big mm-hmm. right
2: yeah, yeah I Br- just, like... Brad
1: and Jennifer obviously Aniston
2: mm-hmm. and the Beyonce and JC they was was a big thing because their relationship was rumored for so long and they refused to confirm it and everyone knew and so but like that was a thing that people talked about and like you're right we don't really have this thing anymore
4: we had it for the briefest of moment when brad and jen
3: you know touched hands on that red carpet and everyone <laughs> right. but also when they did that reunion remember when they did that reunion over like during the pandemic they were on zoom and brad was like yeah. what's up jen and like mm-hmm. everyone lost oh, their hair. fucking collective his hair looks really his good hair. But, like, everyone lost their collective <laughs> minds and i think it yeah. kind of really points to the fact that i think people really miss Yeah, they miss that celebrity monoculture mm-hmm. in a way where it's like yep. these are big people who are getting involved with each <laughs> other
1: I would love Monica Archula to come back like like when we all watch the same stuff like live TV ruled. You're right. Like we don't have that because of all the streaming services and just fractured media. And I think mm-hmm. we all we all crave that.
4: It's like I am alone. Everyone is at this party without me. <laughs> it's true. And I will never be invited. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. We're all at the party with Jennifer and Ben. We're all there.
4: Well, thank you both so much for being here with us today on ICymi. Again, this is Bobby Finger and Lindsay Weber of the podcast Who Weekly. This was a blast. I learned. Thanks this for so having much. us. It's
2: really fun. Yeah. Thanks for having us. We so rarely get to talk about them. Yeah. Long
4: live <laughs> Benefert 3.0. Mm-hmm. And that's the show. We'll be back in your feed on Wednesday. So please subscribe. Our episodes are free and it's the best way to make sure you never miss a show. Please consider leaving us a rating and a review and Apple Podcast. Tell your friends about us. No one has taken us up on the offer to uh, purchase a Skywriter to do some promo for the show, but <laughs> that could be you. Uh, could you can also you. always follow us on Twitter at ICYMI underscore pod. Get up in our mentions, send us good TikToks, or feel free to shoot us a DM if you've got questions about why teens on TikTok think Helen Keller is a hoax. I really wish I were kidding. <laughs> And, of course, you can always, always, always drop us a note at ICYMI at Slate.com. Uh, who knows? We might just have you on the show
3: covered in bees. ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader. Our supervising producer is Derek John. Forrest Wickman is Slate's culture editor. And Gabe Broth is editorial director of audio. See you online. Bzz buzz. buzz.
2: Don't bring up Justice Scalia when we're talking about <laughs> Ben Affleck you brought and Jennifer Jeffrey Lopez. up Jeffree Star. Yeah, really. The The call is that's coming fair. from inside
4: the house. Sorry, <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry,
2: sorry, 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 sorry. Stand corrected. <laughs> I stand corrected.
4: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about
2: anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps>